I want you to back up in your bulletin because what we want to do before we hear the word of God is come to confess to Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we, everyone read it please. Our Heavenly Father, we, your humble children, evoke your blessing on us. We adore you, whose name is love, whose nature is compassion, and whose presence is joy, and whose word is truth, whose spirit is goodness, whose holiness is beauty, whose will is peace, whose service is perfect freedom, and in knowledge of whom stands our eternal life. Unto you be all honor and all glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I know we did that twice, and I, that's why I thought it would be louder the second time. But I think it's a message that we really need to hear as we look into the generosity of God in prayer. And the first thing I'm going to do is read our scripture, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. And this is written to a church in Corinth, but I'm going to add, I'm going to take a little editorial. Um, what's the word I want? What? License. And instead of the Church of Corinth, it's going to be Good Shepherd. To the Church of God that is in Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. That is really a, an avenue that we very rarely connect with, and I think it's important that we as a church no, we are a church, but we're not alone. We're not isolated. Now, Tom Hyatt took my whole sermon, so I'm going to ad lib. Thanks, Tom. That was really good. What is prayer? Prayer simply is communication with God. Yes, now we speak to God, but God speaks to us as well. So it's not a one-way conversation. We have to use our ears, our eyes, our voices, but then we have to listen to God because God has something to say to us. You know, it's, if you remember correctly, God offers us things, and we have to decide what we're going to do with that. We need to accept them. So it's a two-way street. And we, I believe this so strongly, we need to be in conversation open to both ways. Not just, God, I need, I need, I need, I need. Thank you, Lord, for everything you do. 
what would you like me to ask you for? Okay, first, the first thing I think we have to do is remember that God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all one and have been one since before the creation. So those that say the Holy Spirit wasn't there for the creation is not correct. All three, the Trinity, were there for the entire creation. And it was a creation of everything. And I was thinking about that, and I I thought, what generosity. God is such a generous God. I mean, I was thinking from the pine needles on a tree to a human being and everything in between was created by God. Think back to the Israelites. They were wandering for 40 years in the desert. And what happened daily for the Israelites? God fed them every single day for 40 years. And he fed them with manna. Manna cannot be preserved. So they couldn't get the manna and then have leftovers to suffer. Didn't work that way. God had to feed them every single day. Again, we see the unbelievable generosity. Also, God spoke through Moses and other leaders. I like to think of it as God giving them and us a recipe. God didn't just say to them, this is what needs to be done. God took the ingredients and told him what to do with it exactly how to do with do it and then to benefit from the results and i think that we need to remain in relationship with god because god was so generous and still is and now let's take a look at jesus We know the most generous gift that God and Jesus gave us was Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and the gift of the Holy Spirit. But let's take a look at Jesus' prayer life. First, when did Jesus pray? You know, when I first thought about that, my response was, how do I know I wasn't there? You know, when did Jesus pray? And so I started researching. And what I found was there was surprisingly amount, a surprisingly amount of um, scriptures addressed to just this question. And I learned that to be like Jesus, we too have to be generous, consistent, and purposeful in our prayers. Jesus not only prayed to his father, he prayed alone and in small groups. When did he pray with others or alone? When he needed to empower or to receive God's empowerment 
and encouragement. And so Jesus would be filled with God's power so that he could stay true to his mission. And his mission was to preach, to teach, and to heal. And he needed God the Father to give him all that he needed to do those ministries. Many times Jesus went up to a mountain because a mountain depicted inner elevation. Now, inner elevation sounds kind of funny. We don't usually use the word elevation with something inside us. We use it when we're measuring different parts of the earth and the world. But this means how our hearts are to serve God, others, and who is Christ within us. How many of you pray, who is Christ within me? What does Christ want me to do? And I think that's really an important um, way that we have to pray and we have to look for answers to prayer. Many of us do what Jesus did. In Luke 5:16, we read, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Some of us wait for the busyness of the day to start, so we pray before then. Some of us pray after the busyness of the, of the day has started to wane and pray then. Folks, I want you to know we need to be in prayer all the time. You know, somebody used to call it popcorn prayer. Um, one day I was at school and this, this guy, Jim, who uh, was in class with me, kept coming to my mind. You have that happen? Somebody comes to your mind? Well, you just send out a popcorn prayer. Lord, be with him. Well, for me that day, it was very different because I was driving home from class, and all of a sudden, I realized I had gotten off the highway, and I'm on Jim Street. And I said to myself, well, I guess I'm supposed to pray with him personally. So I knocked on the door. Jim looked at me. He started to cry. And he said, I knew you would be here. I said, well, I didn't. How did you know? And he said, they took my wife to the hospital about seven minutes ago. So you never know how God is using you or working within you. Now, I want to tell you a little story about Maine and going to Maine. I pray and I fast before I make major decisions. And when I fast, I fast on water and three glasses of citrus juice a day. And I was sick of being in education, and I wanted to do something else. So I I started a fast. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Let me tell you, don't pray that unless you really mean it. 
because what happened was after sending out 50 resumes and only one for a special ed director position, which is what I was in when I wrote them, I got several offers. And two of them I really liked. They were at the university level. Well, come Monday, I'm going to have a new job. And they said, Louise, you're the top candidate in the next town. I said, no, that's not going to be it. I had no idea what it was going to be. Eight o'clock Monday morning, I get a phone call from the um, superintendent of schools in Wiscasset, Maine. And when I went up there to interview, it was a, I sent in my resume late so they wouldn't consider me. I, um, I didn't answer the phone calls right away because I didn't want them to consider me. And finally, I went up to, uh, to Maine, went into the gas station, if you still use that word, um, to change my clothes and went up for the interview. And at one point they said to, uh, to me, why do you want to work with us? I said, I don't want to work with you. I'm here to find out if you're a good fit for me and I'm a good fit for you. Well, I got a call the next day and the, the superintendent said, Louise, we would love to have you join our staff. Well, you don't hear educators say, we would love to have you join our staff. So I said, I don't know. Um, when do I have to let you know? And he says, in two hours. I hung up and I cried because I did not want to be a special ed director again. And then the words came back to me. You said you would do whatever I asked you to do and go wherever I asked you to go. And I said, Okay, Lord. So I called Tom back and accepted the position. The next day, one of the universities called me back and offered me a position. And I said, I'm sorry, but I just accepted a position. They said, well, how long ago? I said, six hours ago. And they said, oh, well, you can change your mind and call them and tell them. And I said, no, I cannot do that. The day after that, the other college called and asked me, offered me a position. So needless to say, I wasn't too happy with God because I, I'm the one that said, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do and go wherever you want me to go. But deep in my heart, I didn't want this to be one of the choices. And so I went to Maine brought my Bible, brought my prayer book, and refused to use either one. Absolutely refused to read the Bible and refused to pray. What does that tell you about me? What does it tell you about me? How do you think I was feeling? How about angry? I was super angry. And later on, when I give you page two of my main story, you'll find out what happened. But back to Jesus, because we read in Matthew 26, 39, 
that at one time Jesus fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may the cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, when we say will, it doesn't mean I will do something or I won't do something. It's like writing your will. It's telling what you want. So here is Jesus saying, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Jesus prayed in the will of God, and we need to do that as well, because that is what it's all about. And it's really a skill, I think, that we have to acquire, because we need to trust that God is generous in all our prayers as long as we are praying in God's will and not our own. Also, it's important that we have to be honest with God when you pray. Now, back to Maine for a minute. Not wanting to go to Maine, I didn't want to go up there and find a place to live or anything like that. It was right on the the coast. And so if you know that, the population in each of these towns multiplies by 100,000, I think, during the summer. And so I go up to Maine, and a friend of mine says, I'll go with you. It was a Thursday morning. She says, if we can come back Friday night for prayer and praise at church. I go, yeah, no problem. So we went up. I looked at apartments, found one, but I had to be to work in two weeks, and it wouldn't be ready for six weeks. So I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went and I I dropped in at the superintendent's office and come to find out one of the school board members owned a hotel. And he provided me free room and board until my job was supposed to start. God took care of me every step of the way. And I was ready to go home Friday afternoon I got my office ready, and I got my housing, and it was time to go home. We made it home in time for prayer and praise Friday night. And I said, God, you are good, and you are so generous. Now, when we are honest with God, We have to pray in all honesty. Like if I, when I was so angry, if I had said to God, thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. I really appreciate it, and I will do my very best while I'm here. Well, those are words I should say, and those were words that I needed to say, but my first prayer was, God, I am so angry. Please forgive my anger and show me the path to you. And he did. A woman whom I didn't know came to me and said, will you lead a prayer group? And I said, lead a prayer group? And she said, yes. And I said, well, when are you meeting? 6 a.m. 
because the children haven't gotten up yet and the husbands haven't left for work. So they could take that time to be in prayer. I said, well, how many are you going to have? Thinking, you know, four or five women. Our first meeting was 15. And so God put me in places that I had to reflect on God's gifts. And God does that to us and for us all the time. Now, Jesus also prayed with great generosity, and he shared his praying in public. And for the first time, he prayed at his baptism. And I'm going to let you look all these up. John 11, 41 and 42. He also prayed before feeding the 5,000. And also during and after healing which is in Luke 5.16. And he prayed, as Tom said, before he taught the disciples how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Have you ever thought about that? The disciples did not know it. They had to say, teacher, teach us how to pray. And that's what the Lord's Prayer does if you read it and say it thoroughly. You give thanks, you petition, you expect, and you carry forth. And Jesus did this because God will always, always take him and us and put us in a situation that magnifies Jesus' name. Now, we're talking about prayer and praying in Jesus' name. Some of you have heard this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. As a matter of fact, I embarrassed someone in the first service because he had part of it. He took part in it. I was preaching one Sunday, and I was going to preach at both services. And so I had my sermon for the first service, and everything went fine. And when I went between services to get my sermon to use for the second service, the same one, I could not find it. I mean, I had everybody looking everywhere in this church. We looked in closets. We looked in classrooms. We looked in ladies' rooms. Could not find it. And then all of a sudden, it was five minutes of 11, And I finally said, Lord, just give me the words that the people need to hear. And at that very moment, J.R. came through those doors and he said, Louise, here's your sermon. I picked it up with my musical instruments. Did I pray first? No, we could have saved ourselves a lot of worry and a lot of action. The minute I prayed, He walked through that door holding my sermon. Now, God is generous to us at all times. All we need to do is pray in the will of God. And prayer isn't always answered immediately. For example, 
I was praying, and sometimes when I pray, it's, you know how you have visions when you dream? Well, sometimes when I pray, I have little uh, visualizations with my prayer. And I was praying that all my garbage that I was carrying that kept me from being with God could be gotten away, could be thrown away. So I pictured myself carrying this huge bag, really a huge bag, and I took it up and put it at the foot of the cross. And the next thing I saw was me turning around, grabbing it, and pulling it back with me. So I sat there and I said, okay, I'm going to unpack this garbage and I'm going to pray for each thing. Well, in the meantime, a hot air balloon, and I love hot air balloons, a hot air balloon showed up and it was tethered. All the ropes were tethered to the ground. And as I prayed for every one thing, a tether let go until there was one tether left. And I could not break that tether because I could not um, forgive the person that caused the problem. And I never saw that balloon fly. It happened in 1980-something. And I was here when I first came, and Brother Denman was preaching. And he said something that just hit me smack in the face. And I said, Lord, I forgive that man. Please bless him as you bless me. And you know, never having thought of the balloon again, I saw that balloon fly. And it flew so beautifully in the sky. So your prayers sometimes are not answered immediately. You pray continually, and your prayers are answered. And it may not always be what you want. It's going to be God's will. You know something? I think we're unaware of how we pray. I think we just pray. Some of us will just say a prayer that we've learned, like the Lord's Prayer. Or you might even pray the scripture and say the uh, 21st Psalm. Or any other prayer that you're used to praying. Before we begin, we need to first thank God for God's generosity. And I was thinking about what areas that might be in. Like even though when we pray how we are to serve in this place, or outside in the neighborhood, or the city, or the state, the country, or the world, we need to be honest. When we pray for this country, we need to pray that our leaders would have wisdom would have understanding, would have love for the entire world. When we pray for our neighborhood, we pray almost the same way. We need God's will to be done. 
just as when we're here, we need to say, Lord, bless all of us, because you said every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's throughout the world. And I can't even fathom how big the world is. I've seen it on maps, but I can't even imagine what the measurements mean. Also, we can thank God about his generosity when how we're to witness to each other and to those we don't know. I had a very strange thing happen just yesterday. I went to my least favorite store in the world, which is Walmart. And when I went to the um, cash register, the gal looked at me and she said, you don't feel well. And I said, no, I don't. And she said, I'm so sorry. Would you like a prayer? And I said, yes. So I thought she was going to pray for me quietly during the day. She grabbed my hand and she prayed out loud while everybody in line waited. She was a witness to me, but she was also a witness to everyone in that line waiting because she didn't whisper the prayer. She said the prayer. And it was just such a beautiful time. And I said, my God, you are just so, so unbelievable, so generous. And I just thank you for her. And I told her I thanked her too. Also, when we thank God, we have to thank God for our financial gifts. You know, we wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God. And I don't mean things. I mean monetary things too. I wouldn't have a nickel in my pocket if it weren't for God. And how often do we think that, God, we are grateful for that and we are giving you just a portion, a small portion of what you have given us and have given me. And I don't mean just a good shepherd. We all have our favorite charities. We all know families that need help. So what we do is we give help to all those in need. And as we step out in faith and prayer to experience God's unending generosity, so that's why we thank God before we bring our petitions and ask for something. Don't forget to be sure to thank God for everything that you are and everything that you have because you are created in God's image. And all of God's people said, Amen. And all of God's people said, Wow, okay. Amen means, so be it. And so when you say amen, you're saying, so be it, Lord. And I'll bet that we can say it and sound like every pew is full. And so all of God's people said, Amen. Perfect. Okay.
As you leave today, and some of you got them as you came in, we have little books for you, and they're called How to Pray, and they're a collection of um, John Wesley's prayers. He was a really a praying man, and people say, oh, he's the one that founded United Methodism. John Wesley had no idea that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to have groups that he would ask, how is it with your soul? He didn't think of all this rigmarole. He didn't think of the buildings. He met with men in a small group. And that's why we're doing that now. So when you read John Wesley's prayers, know that he was one of, I'm going to say, 400 kids. And Susanna Wesley, his mom, was as prayerful as he was. And so enjoy this little book. And you don't have to read it. But leave it out where you can see it. Because I believe God will entice you to read it at some point. And now, as we conclude, and as we think about all that has been said, the challenges that have been given, Lord, I just pray that every life here has been changed. Every heart has been changed. And every person will walk out of here a new person in you.